Wild women, welcome. This is the Femme Podcast. If you're new around here, I'm Jack, one half of the Femme Duo. Before you dive into today's episode, I want to give you a heads up. The Femme Podcast is on season number two. You're about to listen to an episode from season one, which was the Spiritual Smackdown podcast where we invited women to rise from rock bottom. So season one is all about the Spiritual Smackdown. Season two is all about rising from greatness to greatness. More on top of more on top of more. It's where we tap into everything your woman desires. The money, the sex, the wealth, the power, the pussy desires. Start here and then come join us for season two. We're waiting. It's like a little tap on the butt or a huge womp on the booty. A spiritual smackdown is the universe's way of saying, hey, you, it's time for a change. It's time to listen to your intuition. You know, that little voice you've been ignoring. It's time for something bigger, something miraculous. But before you get to experience those highs you got to shift through the lows. Oh, those lows. And those often start at rock bottom. Hey, I'm Rob. And I'm Jack. We're best friends and business partners. We life together, work together, play together. Basically all the things together. And somehow we ended up here. With a community of thousands of badass, beautiful women who want more from life than staying surface level. So we're going deep. This podcast is going to connect you with the woman who's been to rock bottom through the exact same thing that scares you the most. We'll address the fears that are keeping you stuck, the heartbreak you've never healed from, the broke ass months. Oh, I remember those. We're giving you all the resources you need to shift your life and business to rise so that you can finally start living a life you're wild about. So welcome to this space, a space to listen to those hard truths and learn from them. A space to connect with women who aren't pretending to have it all figured out. This is a space for women to finally understand and celebrate that rock bottom is often the very place to rise. So go ahead and fill your cup with coffee or wine and come get real with us as we spit our truth and get ready to rise. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Spiritual Smackdown podcast. I am so excited again for today's podcast because quickly our interview series is becoming my most favorite things. It's like having a conversation with girlfriends. I wish we were all sitting in the same living room, though, so that we really were just sitting beside each other because the babe that we are about to introduce you to is Catherine Cowan. She is one of my soul sisters. She is living in Costa Rica in the jungle with her fam. And she is a soul work coach that you guys are just going to fall in love with. We've worked with Kath over the last few years. She's been part of some of our programming. Some of our clients have went to her retreat. And she's just such a beautiful woman who is here to guide people to their truth, to their purpose. And you bring so much love and light into everyone's life you touch, Kath. And I'm so excited to have you here sharing all your wisdom and beauty with our guests. 
I'm just so excited to be here. You guys have no idea. And I, yeah, I wish we were all in just a living room together. That would be the bomb. The funny thing is, because so far, a lot of our interviews have been with our community of Soul Sisters. And you know so many of them, Kath. And like Jack was saying, it's one of our favorite things just to be able to show up and connect with women who are on their own path and going through their own things. And one thing that you've already said during just our catch-up convo is nothing's a smackdown for you anymore. It's all an upgrade. It's all an up-level. And we're all just out there in our different corners of the world going through whatever it is we're going through, the wild times and the crazy ride. And then we get to come together and be like, hey, yo, what's going on with you? Like, how is the universe feeling? Like, are you in this flow too? And it's so funny because even though we're all, we've all got all of this stuff going on, it always seems to be in this crazy alignment of like, yep, I'm feeling that too. Or I'm right there with you, girlfriend, you know? Totally. Yeah. Well, in the expansion. Yeah. Tell us about the expansion and the calls you've had lately to level up. Oh, for me personally, or like what I'm receiving just on the whole? Oh man, both? I want the personal deeds. Gosh, okay. Do we have hours? Okay. So I think just the first overarching thing that's so important that is become massively highlighted and illuminated is there's no more hiding. So based on where everyone is right now in their awareness and consciousness and on their soul journey, there's zero hiding. There's no going around, no trying to go over. Like you're just in it. And it's just the only path is forward. And like any moment when you're deep in more consciousness, you can't very easily just forget that you know it now and that you feel it now and that you have been open to that now. That's not really how it works. Once you've opened, you kind of can't go back, which is amazing and sometimes really difficult. And sometimes I feel like when you're in that, you're you're like, oh man, like, can't I just close that door? Like, can't I just go back to like not going through all this growth? Yes. Yes. And also if I can just contribute to that too, even when you're not in a SmackDown, I have so many days where I'm like, oh God damn it, Robin. Like, do you really have to go there? Like, do you really have to turn this into, you know, a soul journey or an expansion? Or like, do you have to flip this switch on? And, and I so agree with that. Once you go down that path, there, you're no options. Like the, the flip is always switched on, you know? Yeah. And I mean, there's moments when you're in it where some old default behavior patterns may come up. Like you're like, you know what, tonight I got to tune off. I'm going to have that extra glass of wine, or I'm going to eat this whole bar of chocolate, or I'm going to have this extra bowl of chips or whatever the thing is for you. That is your thing that you kind of hide a little bit in. But the reality is you just can't do it for very long because it no longer feels comfortable. So right now, this is what this expansion is just really calling us to just be those that have already like connected deeply with the light and the understanding of what that means, which, sorry, maybe should define that a bit. It's just consciousness. When I say light, it's not anything in there fancier than that, really. Um, but just awareness of life and mind, being mindful in your process. But yeah, so there's just no kind of turning back. And so for me right now, I've just really realized these aren't smackdowns anymore. These are just massive upgrades. And so as someone that is 
this is very personal, but I'm just going to do it because why not? But because meaning, because I haven't really shared this with many people, but for me, part of what my gift here is a real mama of the earth. And so when I'm holding space in retreat or with my clients, you know, that is an energy that I just create by my beingness of safety and comfort. And that kind of nurturing energy is something that I know I'm here to gift people. And as a result, I've always been very in my body in all of my experiences and can feel more energy coming in. And when I'm leading any class retreat session, it's all done from a very, like, I don't know what I'm going to say. I've never planned a yoga class in my whole 20 years of teaching of retreats. I have a skeleton, but it always takes its own course sessions. There's no agenda. I find it difficult sometimes to create programs because everyone's so individual and, you know, responding to people's needs is kind of what my forte is. But I've always been able to house it in this physical realm. And now I'm going through this very interesting space that started about six months ago with the last retreat I held here in Costa Rica, where I've expanded so much energetically where my physical body is now like playing catch up. And it's a really interesting process. So it feels very uneasy and incredibly vulnerable. It feels like it does initially in the soul journey, but it's like, Kind of times a thousand. <laughs> kind of times a thousand. Going back to what you said there too about the hiding. This is a conversation that we keep having and that keeps coming up too. We can no longer hide, but I think it's also highlighting that as women, especially like we do have this deep desire to be seen and heard. So it's actually just bringing that up and out. Totally. And I think the reality is we were born as these souls. And that's why like being around babies is the most perfect, beautiful experience is because there's such purity expression of the soul. And it's just our life experiences, the family our soul chose to be in and all of this that kind of puts on these layers that ultimately creates this, you know, what we come to term as a personality or identity, but this work of soul work is actually connecting to what your true soul personality and true soul identity is. Okay. Take us down that path a little bit. I'm sure there's so many women out there listening that who are like, man, I want that, you know, like I want to feel that way. I want to know the identity of my true soul, I want to return home to her. What does the start of that journey look like for someone if they're just getting started or if they don't know what that first step is? It's a bit different for everyone, to be honest with you. And this is why I really don't have any rigidity around how I approach things with my clients and why the retreats and stuff are left a little bit more open because it's really individualized. So some people can access this more through movement at first. Other people, it's through sitting still. Other people, it's through writing. Other people, it's through reading. You know, so some people have a whole library of self-help books before they even really start doing any of the work. Other people, like, I mean, my entry in when I was, you know, 20 or whatever, for me, it was yoga. And I entered that through the 
body of a runner and the mindset of that. And I was like, oh, well, it's Ashtanga yoga, of course, only and always, because if I don't sweat and get a workout as well as feel this yoga bliss, what's the point? You know, and now my yoga practice is like maybe 20 or 30 minutes and it's the most mellow thing most of the time. It's totally different 20 years later. So, and other people, like even like, I know Katie, Ben was, you know, one of your interviews and she's obviously one of our beautiful soul sisters we share. And for her, and even we share this in the retreats we co-lead together, that for her, it's sitting in meditation was an access point. Whereas, you know, some people can't just sit in stillness at first. They actually need to write first in order to come into that. So a starting point though, is knowing that there's like a trifecta of writing, movement, meditation, that you want to start exploring and see what feels most comfortable for you. And realizing that the thing that we're stopping with this work, and that is massively now happening in a huge way, I think it's quiet, but I'm seeing it in a really elevated way, is like looking outside to find out the answers for inside is being called out in a huge, huge way. And so that's what these like, you know, little things. So this is why the starting point really does look different, but those are kind of the the seeds that you can start to explore and see which ones you want to plant in your garden first. And maybe it's a few of them and you kind of like tend to one more than the other at first and then know it'll just switch and ebb and flow as time goes. What does it feel like when we have found that one thing? Like, like, is it just a matter of like, okay, that actually doesn't feel good or I'm not enjoying that? Because I know for me, some days meditation is hard, you know, like I don't want to sit still, but I do it because I know it's going to serve me. And I know that my soul needs that. But in the beginning for someone who's just getting started, what's the determining factor between, okay, this doesn't feel good or this doesn't feel good, but you need it. Oh yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Cause it's like that when you're doing a yoga pose and it's like, there's a good discomfort in yoga versus like, nope, that discomfort is one you should back out on. Cause that's where you're going to harm your physical body. Also the meditation piece. A lot of people are like, I can't meditate. I don't meditate. Well, so maybe you need to invite meditation to be a walk as opposed to sitting still. People forget all the time when they enter into these journeys that they're human beings and human beings. The thing that makes us different, you know, in that regard and is that our blessing and our curse all at once is we have this thing called the mind, which is massively active and attached to everything that we see and feel. So when we come to these practices, ultimately what lets us know it's good is when it feels like we're coming home. Like that feeling of when literally we are back from a vacation, we walk in the door and it's like, oh, it actually feels so good to be back here. Or the feeling of connection when you're with someone that sees you, understands you, and that like, you know, guard you can just let go of. I really don't feel that any of this should be a muscle. There's like no more doing and hustle, especially when it comes to soul work. And so if on a given day you're like, oh, I should sit in silence for two minutes then fuck the should and step right into, nope, I got to go around the block instead for my two minutes. That's what my thing is, is like, this is the arena where there's no shoulds and where, okay, a yoga class may get just uncomfortable because some emotion comes up. That's the good kind of discomfort. But when you're checking off a box to be like, well, I've done all these things. So now I should have consciousness. Then you know, you're on the wrong path. 
And this is literally why meditation was so hard for me to originally access. And now, I mean, I've shared lots that sitting in stillness and, you know, meditation is the one thing I would not take away. But for two years, I had a really hard time with it because I thought it had to look a certain way. I thought it, I had to like sit in this position. I thought that, you know, if a thought came into my brain, I fucked it up. And then when I was in my SmackDown and I was like, I need to find a way to like breathe and to like calm down this anxiety that I'm feeling and to like literally stop my mind from making me feel crazy. I was like, okay, meditation. And I did it the way that it worked for me. And working for me means I, and still to this day, I lay down when I meditate. I'm always listening to some kind of meditative music. It definitely doesn't look what I, you know, had saw meditation looking like before. It doesn't like follow the checkbox. So there is this stigma around what meditation should look like. Even now, you guys know me and I'm, you know, I've been doing this soul work for a long time. And even when I do meditations before bed now and I'm laying down and I don't always have a straight spine, I don't always have my palms facing up and my husband is usually trying to cuddle me and I still have to work through that stigma and be like, my monkey mind will be like, well, this isn't true meditation. How is spirit going to flow through you? Like your palms are supposed to be facing up to receive your, you know, all these things. And I have to literally just send those thoughts away and trust that the way I'm showing up for my spirit in this moment is exactly what she needs. And that's okay. You know, and I think there's a lot of women out there that never start this journey because they don't have the perfect scenario, the perfect supportive partner, the perfect hour of quiet, free alone time. But like, guess what, ladies, no one has that. Who who has all those boxes checked? That's like, and your soul didn't choose that. You're not living in an ashram. Your soul chose to be with the people that you're surrounded by. And in the life that you chose, like that's something we need to remember. There's like this bigger plan. And so this is happening all for you and all for a very specific reason. And so understanding that it's these practices, however messy they may look for you, are they though allowing you to feel comfort? in more presence with yourself. There's a couple layers. Like sometimes what scares people is the stopping of the doing and the stopping of the hustle. Oh, 100%. And I had a conversation with my energy healer along this topics a couple of years ago. And I remember saying to her, it was about a year after like my massive smackdown. And I said to her, I was like, you know, I feel like I'm less spiritual now. And she was like, well, what do you mean? And I was like, well, I'm not like meditating every day for like this many minutes. I'm not journaling every single day. I'm not like I gave her all the things I'm not. So I was like, feeling like that must make me less spiritual. And she's like, that's not what you need anymore. She's like, because you know, that feeling of that connection. She's like, you don't need to like meditate to be connected like that energy can still flow through you. And so now I don't just like meditate to check off the box. I don't journal to check off that box. I do it when my soul craves it when it feels good. And it's such a different energy, right? Doing it because you feel like you should or because you feel like you have to or because it's like what puts you up higher on the spiritual measuring stick. Yeah, which is all a whole lot of BS. And this is why you are your best guide. And this is why connecting to your heart as the entry point is key. And journaling is like another like slippery slope of like expectation and should that, you know, is filling this self-help spiritual realm of life where it's like, oh no, just write out your feelings. 
a lot of people are like, well, what the fuck is that? <laughs> like, And this is why it just starts with simple things, you know, and doing what feels, you know, and this is why this soul work journaling with soul that I have created is just like five simple prompts, because that's an entry point to just be like, it's maximum five minutes. The same with like a place to start with meditation is literally two minutes. And if that's literally on your walk to school to pick up your kids that you're just mindful for two minutes of your walking or if it's washing the dishes or if it's sitting actually in stillness or lying down then all of that is great yeah i just think calling out these like rigid rules needs to happen because we're living in a world that's super fast paced and even just like the other day i really needed a recharge and i had to go on the jungle path to the, the mother tree which sounds so woo-woo and crazy to many people. But for me, it's just she gives me everything. I literally can touch her for one minute. I'm fueled up. The tears go away. I feel so grounded and I'm back in, you know, one minute. Like, I don't need to be there for a whole hour. Oh my God. I love your mother tree. Gosh, you got to go to her. She's the best. And Kath, you had just touched briefly there, and I'd love to go deeper into this because this is something you talk a lot about online and in your offerings and working with your clients is really connecting to that heart center. Yeah. Like you mean, what is that? Yeah. Like when you just talk about like leading from the heart, what does that mean? It means like when you take a moment to be in stillness or quietness, is that still the yes for you? Never mind what your best friend says. Never mind what your parents say. Never mind what your partner says. Is that what feels right for you? That's the heart speaking. Is that still the yes for you? I feel like that is such a powerful question. Mm, yeah. People get too busy to acknowledge the change. You know, they don't let themselves flow. They don't let themselves let go of things or release relationships or jobs that aren't serving them they just stay in them and they cling to them and then years later they're like wait a minute why does this feel so awful why do i forget who i am why haven't i made a change in 10 years you know mhm mm or not even why haven't i like why am i so miserable and why does everyone around me look so happy it's so painful and that is like the vortex of getting caught in the external and then when you're looking outside for happiness, like, ooh, look how great she looks. Oh, wow, look what they have. Oh, my goodness. That must be so amazing. That's what happiness looks like, you know. Unfortunately, no one else's reality is going to be the reality that's going to make you happy. But when you connect to your heart and the reality you listen to and co-create together from that place. Because remember, the heart is the home of the soul. It's not just like this beating organ within, which it is. But it's literally energetically where your soul lives. It's where it's housed. So it's like this meditation I've been guided to do with so many of my clients as I intro into our sessions, because that's how I begin every session. Lately, it's been very clear that there's been like a lotus flower there with thousands and thousands of petals. Full and each of the petals has wisdom that your soul brought with it for this lifetime. And which piece of wisdom does your soul want to speak to you today? I think that's like the most tangible way I can bring it home to help people understand that all the wisdom is inside. It doesn't matter how many thousands of self-help books you've read or how many podcasts you've heard or how many yoga classes you've sweat in. 
or how many hours of meditation you've sat in or whatever retreats you've done. It's all just like within you. Now, these things are all beautiful tools and they're here to help. What I would actually say, even though like my livelihood is dependent on, you know, like this is what my soul's mission is and what my soul's work is and all of this. But really, if you're doing so much work with all the energy healers and all the readings and all the retreats and all of this, and you're just still like in a circle, just coming back and back, then my suggestion to you is to pause and stop, stop it all. Like, don't become the like spiritual junkie of self-help. You got to just stop for maybe at least a month to figure out what direction, you know, because the answers are not outside. And I think too, for me, when I stop and when I allow myself to take that break, which I have been doing very recently, that's when I start to feel the joy again. You know, when I get so caught up in all the things that I need to be doing and doing and doing, whether that is for work or for my family or for my spiritual work and my, you know, self-care, that becomes another thing on our to-do list. And that becomes another thing that brings on the guilt and the shame when we don't, we don't feel like we're at the place that we should be at, you know? And that's where I was getting to, too, was just like, oh my God, you know, like this is all way too much. And I feel no joy in any of these things right now. And the stopping is, is like instant feeling that joy and pleasure and like, oh yeah, these are real people and these are real moments. And allowing that to just exist is... When I think, you know, we do really allow ourselves to kind of witness our life, you know, and say like, oh, yeah, these are the things I love. This is what I want to be doing. On two levels, you've hit it so clearly. On that one piece, you've like completely highlighted where you're at in your soul journey. And so many people that are really meant to be here as light workers and really lead this next wave of things are having like a full on stop. Even if you try to go, you're going to feel like you're in the mud and it feels all wrong. And that's the messaging right now is to just be so crazy in the being and the unraveling of the doing and the hustle is really painful and difficult because it there's no map for this work at this point of what's happening in the spirit world right now. And so that's one, I think that you're, it seems, it sounds like you're really connecting to, which is so beautiful. So to honor it as that too, to realize this is actually the beingness is actually part of your leveling up right now and you're rising up. Also the piece you said about the joy, that is the entry point that is really accessible for so many people is when you sit down and you think about what brings you joy. And to just let the initial thing focus on, so do more of that. And one thing I'd love to tap into deeper too is how do we do that, move away from that hustle? Because I can like see our listeners going like, okay, but if I don't do this, then this isn't going to happen and this isn't going to happen. And then like, you know, money's going to stop flowing in and my business won't get to where I want. And all of these beliefs start blocking us and we're just like, yeah, but I can't do that. Or if I don't hustle. And I know you've talked about this before you know, that you were in the hustle that you, when you had the realization of being, having that little bit of like workaholic gene in you, how were you able to move away from that hustle? Yeah. So I'm still in this process. So this is part of my upgrade right now, but what I have learned thus far in this space is it begins with baby steps. So like we have chosen to be born into a time as souls right now where money is the exchange for everything. 
who knows that could switch at some point in the future back to the retro vibes. But so the reality is for many of us, just stopping everything is going to like create a ripple that will lead to a lot of lack of joy. But I think it starts with though the question of, okay, so fine, you need to quote unquote work. You need to be in the capitalist game of that, which we all know well, but can you not then carve out maybe an hour, two hours, grow that to half a day, maybe one full day of like time where it's unplanned, where you really find your edge of like, what would it be like to just lie in bed for half a day? Mm-hmm. And who do you need to call on to make sure that that can happen? Everyone has different realities. If you're a parent, if you're not, if, or if it's like, oh, I scheduled my like two hour window. I thought I'd spend the whole time in bed, but actually I want to get up and go to the forest or the jungle or the beach or the water. And I'm going to go and do that. It's like yesterday when I went to the mother tree, part of the way that my embodiment of this new expansive energy is manifesting in some discomfort in my back. So I was like, okay, beach walk, I'm not up for. And I'm just, wasn't really wanting to potentially see people, which sometimes happens. (laughs) Obviously when you're outside that happens, but (laughs) as I've been doing this work more, I was like, nope, I'm just driving over here and going to the jungle path. And it was like, now it's like, so I've worked this muscle more and more now that I just knew, Oh no, we're deviating this way. So my pooch Indy and I like that's where we went because the mother tree called me. I needed to go there. Like guys, if it was even three years ago, if I'd heard myself say that, I'd be like, whoa, wow, that sounds so good. But how do you stop to get to that listening place? And do you know what's interesting? I just want to interject one little thing. My doing my masculine energy is saying that sounds awful. Like that (laughs) sounds terrifying, you know, to be like, Just like, go do that. And this is my work right now too, Kath, which is so interesting that you and I are doing the same work together. But I, that terrifies me. And when Jack says this to me all the time, like, oh, less doing, less doing. I'm like, well, who the fuck's going to do that then? Like that email is just not going to send itself out. These messages aren't just going to get out there. So I just wanted to say that because I know there's going to be other people out there who are like, oh no, that's way too uncomfortable for me. Like I could never clear my schedule. I could never be spontaneous on a Monday afternoon, right? And that is all because of some sort of fear of scarcity, of failure, of not being successful if we stop Mm -hmm. doing And here's where I'm currently at in this too, because for me, like a year ago, the thought of not doing was like, hell no. Like I was like, okay, my kids need more daycare. I need more of this so I can work more because if I want to go to this level of my business, like I need to do, do hustle. And then when I tapped into human design, which was, I mean, only about six months ago, the beginning of this year, part of my design as a projector is that I am supposed to be working in small increments, like three, four hours a day, just small chunks of time. And I was like, how, like, how, 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 you know, that's the question that always comes in. I think for us is how can things happen? Then I can tell you once I became aligned with this and there is plenty of days where I'm not, where I'm just like, okay, like the days where I'm sitting and working eight hours are the days where I feel like I'm not as productive, where shit doesn't happen, where I'm trying to force things. I get the best results 
I have the most people interacting with my content, asking me about coaching when I am showing up in those small bits of time when I'm not forcing things, when I'm not in the doing mode. And that's like a constant reminder that I have to keep telling myself and keep playing. It's like, okay, now you have this proof. When you are not in the hustle, these are the aligned results you get. When you are in that hustle, you connect with clients who aren't your dream clients. You aren't filling your programs. Like it's literally like the energy that we carry within ourselves to ditching that hustle is a must. It's everything. It's honestly everything. And I think realizing part of why it's so hard and why that like, you know, Robin, you, you know, it's so beautiful to communicate that fear is it's relates back again, like all of these things like relates back to subconscious things that we learned when we were in that zero to seven phase of our life. Like that's where it all, all of it is. This is what, where all this soul work comes back to that window of time in our life that shapes it all. And so there was an energy of protection in that phase of your life that served you to be that person. Cause that was like the energy that allowed you to be seen and loved and all the things that allow you to thrive when you're in that sacred, like window and sensitive window of your life. That's why it feels so scary to release it. You're facing that other piece. But then if you look at it from that, that perspective, you can kind of be like, Oh, there's this beautiful warrior doer that has served me for so long. And if I'm like, Oh, thank you. You've been so good to me. I am just going to like, see what it feels like to like release you a little bit. Not because I don't love you. I'm so grateful for you, but I'm just going to try this other area a little bit only for just this hour though today. So you can come back tomorrow (laughs) if you want. Right. But it starts just with those incremental times. And then, you know, ultimately and like Jack, you so beautifully and eloquently like described when it then is just is able to wash away back into the earth again, when you can fully have that trust. I have so many questions because I know there's so many people out there that are like, A, Kath, very new to this concept of like, wait a minute, hold on. Did she just talk about like myself when I was zero to seven? Like, what is she even talking (laughs) about? And also this concept of acknowledging that these beings exist within us as part of our makeup. They not they are not our entire makeup. I am not the warrior doer. That warrior doer is part of me, just like my fears. And I love this so much because all of a sudden you've given our listeners the opportunity to separate themselves from parts of who they are that they don't necessarily want to feel associated with in this moment. And they're no longer feeling fully aligned with. I love that because it's the same kind of analogy of like, okay, that's my fear. My fear is of me. Like I have this fear, but I don't need to be my fear. So now I can walk with my fear knowing that it is helping to propel me forward rather than letting it hold me back because I am not my fear. So maybe you can go down that. I mean, I know this is like a really slippery, long, slow, but that idea of, you know, our inner child a little bit and these stories that we carry with us from so long ago. I think the easiest way to bite into it and receive it is to understand that we have our soul's personality and then the human identity 
that becomes layered on top. Just as a small example, here I am. It was three years ago. I was here with my family in Costa Rica, this town I now live in. I remember driving around the golf cart with my husband and I said, I love our plan to spend more time here, but I just know I could never live here. That human identity that I had attached to of being a city girl and I'd grown up, you know, in Toronto, I went to university at McGill. I love the vibrancy of city life and I love fashion and, you know, all the things that jungle didn't have. I had that ownership of thinking that it was that. But realizing that as I came home more to my soul's personality, I realized that actually the truth was that this is a place that I'm the most me and that I really feel at this chapter of my life, because who knows, in X years later, I may be like, well, that was that so good for that chapter. Now I'm living wherever. But so I think understanding it in those bite-sized ways of knowing that there was you know, and for me, the doer piece being back, like, cause I brought it up via that with the zero to seven, I was born as who I am, as I've described, cause I had my soul personality the whole time, but as such a sensitive being in the world. And I was born into a family with a corporate lawyer for a father who went on a little hiatus for a period of time into politics and was a conservative politician. <laughs> like my mom was like a trained teacher who then went into being a special assistant of the conservative politicians when she went back to work after spending time away from the kids. My sister, she worked for the premier of the conservative party at a period of time and is now a strategist at the top telecommunication company in Canada. So my way of being seen and loved as that child was to to do and to perform so my natural soul personality of being someone that was good at holding space for people and that was thoughtful and caring and naturally empathetic and intuitive got a little bit like heightened by then therefore I need to do all the things for all the people and then perform really well because like that's when my dad really sees me and loves me the most is when I'm like performing in that definition of what success is. Same story here, sister. This is, here we go. And here we're talking about how we're both like, you know, in this phase and, you know, whatever place we're in of the release of that behavior. So that's how it relates back. I just want to also let this know for listeners, this is one of these places where this is not work actually you're meant to do by yourself. This is really deep work. And this is where, you know, the same reason why we're humans born to another human and why we're basically incapable until we're five years old of surviving on our own. And even the first year of our life, we can't even like move. <laughs> like imagine a baby, like nothing like any of the other mammals who can like walk or like climb. The baby will die. And I don't know the statistic, but I'm sure I don't even know we live a day because we need to be nurtured. We need to be led. We need to be guided. And so when you're doing this deeper work like this, like talking about looking back at like the, that zero to seven, you're really meant to have like a guide for this work. So just, I also want to put that out. This isn't like something you can answer in your journal or that like listening to some guided meditations and doing some yoga is going to help you with. You can start to identify some stuff, but if you want to clear, you really do need the support. So don't also feel lonely, people listening, 
we're not meant to be icebergs floating alone. We are meant to have the support. And so it's so beautiful that you're doing this podcast to let people know that it's in the connection we can do the healing. And that then sometimes the connection looks like just let's be in circle together and connect or call in soul circles, soul sisters. And other times it's like, okay, I actually need a coach that's all mine to help me really specifically with my stuff. Because this work is like, it's so hard. It's filled with so much love, light, and expansion as much as it's the most uncomfortable, lonely thing you're ever going to do. And that's it, right? It's being willing to get uncomfortable. And this is a big shift and change. Like I was having this conversation with my mom the other day and I said, you know, it's really hard because like your generation was... I don't even know if coaches were a thing, but, you know, to like talk to someone to express was like not something like you had to go so far down to like rock bottom before you would, you know, see a therapist. It was such like a stigma around it. And now we're like, yes, like get help, talk to someone, get a coach, have someone guide you. And so it's really this beautiful shift right now. But I think there is still a lot of the mindset of like, okay, but I should be able to figure this out on my own or you know, if I sign up for all these things and get all these people's like free offerings and do the meditations, like I should be able to do this. And then that, you know, circles back to the beginning of the conversation of the shoulds, like following those shoulds. And I think it's so important that you just pointed that out, that this is work that, you know, women like yourself, like us, that we are really able to hold space for other people through their transition and change that we're able to like ask the hard questions. We're able to see things that you might be too close to see yourself. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing that's so important that you said that this paradigm that's shifting in your mom, like our mothers is the perfect example. Grandparents are the perfect example. And then what's happening, this generation that's being birthed, like our children, their BS meter is like, they don't put up with any of it. They're not going to be the pleasers. They're not going to be the perfectionists. They're unapologetically themselves and watch out world because we're now carving the way for them to be that. Oh, my kids are definitely not the pleasers. No, (laughs) they are here to do their thing. Yeah, they don't have the ability. And the more, you know, like, you know, us as these guiding lights, we've created the space already for them to be born. Like these souls that chose us are like, oh, yeah, I'm going to them. They've already like they're like going to allow me to even I can't wait to watch in 50 years what these children are going to transform and create in this world. It's going to be so incredible. Oh man, you and me both. I'm literally sitting here just like trying to envision it with goosebumps and this like shocked expression on my face. That's just like, I can't even imagine. Yeah. I'm the same Kath. I'm just, I'm excited to see where all of it's going. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. And one thing that I really believe and hope, like the point of, you know, so many people getting vulnerable, sharing stories, podcasts like this, the work that we're doing is really showing our children that, you know, they're not going to have so much shit to break through, you know, they're not going to have so many of these barriers and they're really going to learn from a young age that they are not alone. They're not meant to go through life alone. Though their things are going to be something different, you know, as our mothers and grandmothers were like trying to find equality and the right to vote. And, you know, they probably have the same perspective of that. And then look what it's allowed for this type of expansion. It's just going to get exponential. And we just definitely do not have a roadmap for this. This is like so expansive. There's just no roadmap. So just the thing we can do is just trust and surrender. 
the like, and that's the releasing of the doing, just keep the trust and surrender. And while there's no roadmap, one thing that I feel like you've really given our listeners so beautifully is this like permission to change, to grow, to evolve. Like earlier you had said, being grateful for the person who was in the do, that hustler and release her versus being like, fuck, I've been doing it wrong all these years, you know, like that was kind of my first reaction at first. I was like, oh, well, why have I been doing for so long? You know, and you really switched that for me when you you just said like, you can be grateful for her. She served you for time. Mm -hmm. So much, so much. Kath, what would you say to someone who's out there? I mean, who's taken in a lot from this conversation, obviously, about who she believes she is, um, the story she tells herself as a result of her past and her childhood, that listener who's just like, okay, what, like, what's my first step? I'm ready for the healing. I want to go down this path. Maybe I do need a guide. What's her first step? How can we help her initiate this process so that her soul can feel that coming home? I think the important thing is to take an inventory of just where you're at. So what already are you doing that feels nourishing and allows you to feel at home within yourself? Is it running? Is it yoga, Pilates, journaling, meditation? Is it spending time with that one girlfriend? Is it traveling to that one place? Like whatever it is. And then realizing, okay, so from this, could I add in one other ingredient? What is that? Okay, so maybe I'll add journaling now. Then the listener is like, okay, I've actually been journaling and yogaing and meditating and all the things for a while now. And it's kind of like, I'm ready for the next level. Then maybe it's time for a retreat. Maybe, you know, it's time to connect one-on-one with a coach that you feel you resonate with. But knowing that the answer and the direction all comes to connecting to your heart and even just placing your hands on your heart. For women, it's left hand first, right hand on top. And just breathing in stillness will allow you to just listen to what the wisdom is there. And that feels really crazy. But if you just try it, you'll see. I just talked to this woman the other day on the beach. She was like going on about all the things she's been doing over the past while and all the, all the, all the, all the, and she's going to mentor with this person. And she's done this and that. And I, I just got the clearest like message that I had to just say, I said, you know what? I think this is so great. And I just have to reflect back that I think all the answers are within you. And I'm just curious, how much have you taken the time to sit still with yourself? And I suggested start with two minutes a day and here are my journaling with soul prompts. And she wrote me just a couple of days ago and she's just like, oh my gosh, I've only been doing it for three days and I can't even believe it. You know, it's just like, and she's had a long journey up until now. So it's just, you know, it's not who your friends necessarily connecting with or about. It's like, if someone you you know, I've heard on a podcast, if someone you have like read a a book they've written, if something you've seen on social media, like, and it really connects to your heart and your heart's like, oh, more of that. The people you spend time with, the food you eat, the activities you engage in, if it's like, yeah, more of that, please. Then for goodness sake, listen, we want more of what's joyful, more of what's good, more of what feels aligned. 
I love that. And it actually really resonates with something I was listening to yesterday from a coach that was saying along the lines of, if you have been asking for, you know, massive change in your life, if you've been praying for something and then the universe puts it in your path, for example, like a coach, and you're like, oh my gosh, like what's your reaction to that? If you're like, oh my gosh, why is she trying to sell me? What? How can she charge that? Like if these feelings come up for you, it's that resistance that you're still facing because the universe is literally like, you want to up level, you want this, I'm giving it to you, but you're still blocking yourself. And I think what you said there is taking that time to listen, to connect with your heart, to follow that yes, but also just to take that time to be by yourself to sit in that stillness because what I heard from the conversation you had with the woman the other day is she was doing all of this work but she still wasn't comfortable sitting with herself. Guys and I think this ties back perfectly to that conversation we had earlier about you know holding the hand of your fear rather than letting it be you and letting that warrior of like great doing go a little bit so that we can walk through the fear to finally hire the coach or we can stop doing long enough to sit in silence for two minutes. It's that allowing and that little bit of unraveling that makes space. Totally. And the other thing that's coming through really clear to make mention of is that you always have choice. You always have the choice. I was loving this reminder I just received from like a really beautiful friend and teacher of mine. And I was telling her about how I'm choosing, which I hadn't used those words, but like the path that I'm on right now and how I'm managing it, how I'm choosing to be in this new energy. And she goes, well, that is your choice. And I was like, oh my God, yeah. Like to me, there's like no other option, but there is another option. I could literally just drink wine every night and just numb out. That's my choice. I totally can do that yeah. if, if I want to, if that's my choice, free will all around. And if she said it, then I felt even more empowered because I was like, oh yeah, like I'm really choosing. And that feels good for me right now as my choice. Yeah. And there's a sense of pride associated with that too. I just felt proud of you for making these choices for yourself. I'm proud of you for showing up for the hard choices and for acknowledging the shift that you want. And that is, it's, it's a hard choice, you know, because the easier thing to do when we walk this path and when we go through challenges, which we do, right, they always come up is to numb out, is to choose the familiar, is to go back to the same familiar relationship or stay in the same familiar job or to eat the same familiar foods. That's the easier choice, totally. right? But good on you, sister, for choosing the road that feels harder because you know that at the end of that lies home for you. Yeah. And it's always worth it. It's always worth it to make the journey home. It's always worth it to make the journey home. I just want to write that on my forehead and look in the mirror all day long. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a good, beautiful reminder. And it's knowing that choosing that journey often means making hard choices. Totally. It was not convenient for me to move to Costa Rica, for example. <laughs> like It was so, so impractical on all the levels. You know, but my soul, that was like, my heart just was like, yeah, I can't ignore it. Is it ever practical to 
pack up your three kids, sell your family home, quit all of the things you've got going on and move to the jungle? <laughs> no. No. Never. And, no. Never. And life is not easier here. It's simpler, but it's not easier. Like the stuff that breaks on a constant basis and the stuff that comes up, goes awry on a constant basis, it's like a metaphor for all this spirit work all the time. And it's so funny, like this exact same topic came up with Lindsay during our conversation with Lindsay Alive a couple weeks ago, you know, and she was like, I had this choice to make and it was so fucking hard and I didn't want to make it. And so often when we finally decide to listen to our hearts and our soul's calling and take that journey home, so often it is a hard choice. And I just want everyone listening to know it's not pretty and it's not always the easier path. And the reason the illusion shows that it looks so blissful is because there's such an energy of light around it because it was made from a heart place. I never thought about it that way, but that makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. And also what was coming up for me there is because people see the end, you know, where you're at now is okay. She's living in this beautiful place in Costa Rica, but they don't see the journey that you took to get there. They don't see the selling of the house. They don't see like when I was living there in Costa Rica, we were there together. Like you were there with your kids for six weeks or eight weeks, then you decided to, you know, tested it the next year for one school year. And then as you were there, you decided to like stay and buy the house. Like it's not always means just like diving straight, hard, deep, like you can take those steps, like take one step and then another step. Yeah. And when, and that's what that yes of the heart that you were talking about before, that's what it was for us. Because as I told mm -hmm. you a few years ago, I was like, I could never live here. My, I wasn't listening to my soul yet. <laughs> Yeah, but it also doesn't have to be this one big, huge yes, right? Like you can, yeah. you can just keep following those little yeses, like keep following those nudges and eventually it's going to lead you to where your soul wants to be. So if you're in this place where you're not ready to fully dive in, just keep saying yes, keep following those yeses and eventually you're going to get to where you want to be. I just have to share this thing that someone sent me today because it's exactly that. It's by Joseph Campbell and it says... If you can see your path laid out in front of you, step by step, you know it's not your path. Your own path, you make with every step you take. That's why it's your path. Oh, that's so good. And I literally feel like each step we take, like another part of your path is revealed. And then that next step reveals another path. And that is like, obviously so aligned, divine timing for our conversation today. And Kath, we are just so grateful to have you here with us sharing everything that you've shared and would love to leave our listeners with more of you. Like how can they get more Kath in their life? So KatherineCowan.com is my website. And then I love Instagram hangouts the most, KatherineCowan underscore. I'm also on Facebook too, if that's more your jam. Kath, thank you so much. I honestly feel, yeah. I mean, even at the end there, I was like, oh God, I have so much more I want to say and just <laughs> discuss with you. So hopefully we can have you back one day. And I know all of our listeners will just feel so aligned with so many of the opportunities you've given them to return home to themselves and to feel safe in that decision and 
thank you so much because you've made me feel that way today too. And every single time I have this conversation with you, even when the roles get reversed, you know, even when I'm coaching you in business, I always hang up the phone with you feeling like you filled me up. And like I got from you exactly what I needed in that day. And I'm sure that's because you just always show up so authentically and it allows you to see everyone for exactly who they are and what they need. And I love that about you so much. So thank you. And I hope all of our listeners get to experience you because you are such a magnificent gift. And I just love you so, so much. Thank you so much. I love you. Yes, Kath, we love you. And for all of the listeners, we are going to put all Kath's information in the show notes because you definitely are going to want to go to her website, grab her meditations, grab her journal prompt she was talking about earlier. They are so powerful and that is a great first step. Thank you so much for joining us today. There really is nothing better than bringing a group of grown-ass women together. So go ahead and hit subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and come get real with us every week as we spit our truths and get ready to rise. And if you know other women down to get real, please do us a favor and share this episode on the socials. Take a screenshot and tag us on Instagram at ForTheWildFemme so we can give you a shout out. Instagram is definitely our favorite place to hang. So come join the combo there and we'll see you back here each and every Thursday. Thank you so much for being here. Get ready to rise.